0: You're now tuned in to VC Cheat Sheet, the podcast that gives entrepreneurs straight to the point information and behind the scenes access on raising money. Brought to you by the Center for Urban Entrepreneurship and Economic Development at Rutgers University. You're listening to VC Cheat Sheet, and I'm your host, Melissa S. Jackson. If this is your first time listening, then thank you for tuning in. And if not, thanks for coming back. The goal of the podcast is to help Black and Latino-led startups gain insight into the world of venture and private capital through mentorship and advice. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at the Q. that's T-H-E-C-U-E-E-D. All the links are provided in the show notes at bccheatsheet.com. Now let's get into the show. In today's episode of VC Cheat Sheet, I sat down with Brandon Bryant of Harlem Capital Partners. His firm is a minority-owned, early-stage investment firm on a mission to change the face of entrepreneurship by investing in a 1,000 diverse founders over the next 20 years. I spoke to him about how to build your team, your advisory boards, and eventually your company. Listen in. So talk to me about the types of companies that you all invest in it's like you call it a thesis, a thesis there's a little of bit companies? of a thesis okay. because
1: we're learning as we go mm-hmm. uh what's been told to us by some of our mentors and some of our advisors is that we don't know enough until we actually do it mm-hmm. what we have been liked to right now is a lot of a consumer products media um, anything that kind of makes a problem tech enabled to solve it, we've kind of been focusing on that. Um, And then in terms of our investments, we had um, out of Chicago, we had, it's it's called a commodity exchange basically, but it's for medical marijuana. So medical marijuana, the initial ingredient is hemp. Mm -hmm. So this exchange is basically trades hemp. Mm -hmm. And so hemp is not a big commodity yet because it's not um, legal across the US, but we are first movers on that. Our second investment was Coffee Shops in Harlem. Very simple, uh, great marketing opportunity and a place to bring the community together. Third investment was in Blavity, uh, Black mm-hmm. Media, uh, the voice of the Black millennial, mm-hmm. Afrotech, uh, female founder, amazing team, Dope. amazing team. Uh, fourth investment that is, I'm not even sure if I can say the fourth investment, but it's a custom shirting company. Mm-hmm. And our fifth investment, we're actually going to be coming in as a syndicate of people who are buying an actual um, company in Harlem. So this will be our first private equity type of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so.
0: so what would you say would be the connecting binding factor for all of these companies? Because they sound like they're a little,
1: they're, or they vary. They, they are very, I think the connecting um The connecting theme is that they're in a certain stage. So two of our partners who are in private equity right now, they're generalists and their thesis is that every company is pretty much similar, they just are in different stages. Mm -hmm. And if you find the right team and the right uh, operations and processes, you can solve those and you can take that company to the next level and then you can either exit, Mm -hmm. sell it or do whatever you need to do to have a liquidity event. OK, so we took that same thesis from a and that's a minority owned private equity shop. Mm-hmm. We took that same thesis and we're bringing it to the venture capital world right now.
0: And you specifically focus on black and Latina ventures or Latino ventures or 50
1: percent of the capital is going towards minorities, people who are not white males. <laughs> OK, <laughs> to be very clear, to be very clear.
0: Okay. <laughs> awesome. So. Um, all right, so we're gonna uh, jump around a little bit. Yes. Talk to me about team building, right? Yes. So it's it's a theme that we've seen a lot of in the Black and Latina community. Yes. Um, particularly surrounding not being able to connect to technical co-founders, right? Truth. So, what are your thoughts there as it relates to finding a technical co-founder? You know, why it may be hard harder. For uh, you know, ventures of color to to find mm-hmm. those resources. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, one, I mean, is I was talking with uh, Yin, who is the founder of She Works Today, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the same problem. It's not necessarily a pipeline issue. Mm-hmm. It's really an awareness issue that people aren't aware of other individuals who are in the space mm-hmm. who have this knowledge, or even to go even further people who are in school who are coming up who can learn this early are not aware that they have that opportunity to go to the computer lab or to go on these different trips and I gave a, a great case scenario um, this was actually at the Suffolk County Community College talk if Mark Zuckerberg was black mm-hmm. could you think about how many people are building a social network the next day uh, you know if Bill Gates was black yeah if he was Spanish that would change the whole situation so it's it's not the pipeline. I think it's, it's enough awareness, and that's what Harlem Capital are. You mean is like the LeBron on. of tech? You do. I mean, <laughs> but if you think about it, we've been so great in rap, we've been so great in sports, and we've been so great now in culture mm. that everyone's focused on going there. Every person wants to be a rapper or an athlete.
0: How does that translate even to the types of companies, the deal flow that you see coming through the door, right? Like, Because you mentioned a word that Mm -hmm. I love to define and get people's definition, tech-enabled, right, versus tech. tech. So let's start there. The difference between tech and
1: tech-enabled from your perspective. Uh, The difference between tech and tech-enabled. I mean, tech is that the company, in my opinion, just wouldn't survive without Mm -hmm. technology. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tech-enabled is something like my business partner, John Henry, had a laundry service. Mm -hmm. He created tech to it to make it on-demand delivery. So that's a tech-enabled Companies. Okay. Uh, software could not work without actual software. Right. Slack couldn't work if you didn't have internet. So sure. I, that's I'm guessing that's in my head. That's what tech means. Okay.
0: Um, and so now going back to this idea mm-hmm. of the opportunities available to connect and the team yes. building. What are some of the gaps that you that you've
1: seen in our community? So going back again to. Uh, the two of my partners from private private equity, the company that they're at is ICV Partners. Mm-hmm. It's a ri- originally started in Harvard Business School as a case study by their boss in 1996, right. that you can make inner cities more appealing and profitable um, for people to invest into them. Mm-hmm. So he took that as a thesis, graduated, raised a ton of money, and found out that there weren't enough black own black and Latino owned businesses. And then Mm -hmm. also the ones that they wanted to invest in, those individuals didn't want to give up equity. So it was really weird Mm -hmm. about the whole founder baby. I'm not sure if you heard about the founder baby situation. There's a difference between a CEO and a founder. A CEO just literally wants to make sure that the company does better and it gets to the next level. Mm -hmm. A founder is emotionally stuck to it and it's their baby and they don't want anyone touching their baby. Uh, so fast forward, they pivoted in this just now minority-owned private equity shop. Okay. And what they now have been learning over since '96 is basically that a lot of people of color are too focused on only money, not advisors, not accounting, not different added. processes. <laughs> and okay, I made five percent more revenue I did than I did last year. Uh huh. But am I still doing administrative tasks as a CEO? Am I still trying to find the right accountant? Do I have the right law firm? Mm-hmm. Do I have X, Y, and Z? Do I have a partner who can connect me to Procter and Gamble, Target, whoever? Right. To get my brands out there to be huge with marketing? Do I have a growth expert who worked at Qualcomm before? Who knows?
0: And how does that how does that set you back though?
1: How does that set you back? It doesn't even set you back. It just <laughs> Okay, I guess it does set you back. It leaves you behind. That's what I was going to say. Okay, it leaves you in the dust. Mm -hmm. Right. So if people are continually getting these things, it's like Freakonomics with the hockey players who were born in January and March. Mm -hmm. They would be the best because they got to train the most throughout the year. And so that basically comes back to my point earlier. If people are not exposed early enough Mm -hmm. to get those competencies, they get left behind. And our counterparts who are not necessarily um, they're not underrepresented, they're not under resourced, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it leapfrogs everybody. And then once you get those partnerships, you just become the, the average of the five people you have around you. Right.
0: So let's jump back to this idea of having a board of advisors, because you mentioned that very, very briefly. Yes. Um, and I think the board of advisors kind of helps because they're it the does
1: they're the uh it's like the steering committee right they're the supreme court Mm -hmm. for your company and they're able to see your blind spots they're able to see your blind spots those individuals should be asking hard questions so
0: what's the role of an advisor at a company Mm -hmm. and then how do i go about vetting for
1: a person to be on my board Good questions. Uh, so the role of an advisor or board of directors, however you want to explain it, mm-hmm. is basically to help you not take as many losses as you usually take as a founder. So Not community, you. we call them L's. L's. <laughs> it, it basically helps you avert L's. Okay. That's what an advisor does. Uh-huh. So if they can get you the, all those processes, if they can open up those doors to mm-hmm. all those uh, blue chip companies then it makes it easier for you to focus on the business, to focus on scale, to focus on hiring, to Mm -hmm. focus on company culture. Mm -hmm. You don't have to focus on getting in these doors. So advisors help with that. Advisors help with uh, personnel issues. Advisors help with um, expanding the business, going from five employees to actually going to 200 employees. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can help with operations of how you actually buy and sell Different um, manufacturing goods and stuff like that, um, and I mean, they just really help with any any blind spot that you have, like you said earlier.
0: And so, is that some is that a position I'm actively recruiting for, or is it like a mentor where it's like, mm, I see you.
1: I think it starts as a mentor. Okay. So um, it's been rumored, or I've seen it done as the board isn't built by necessarily you 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 start with one person who you really are confident in okay and they help you find the right people because you don't want anyone to overlap realistically and you want to have different expertise but you do want to have people who are on the same page and want to take Mm -hmm. want to steer the ship in the right direction you don't want too much confrontation but you definitely want different skill sets represented
0: So when it comes to the pipeline of talent that you see coming through the door, what are the top two or three? We're going to try to limit them.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) What are the top maybe two or three things that you see founders of color can specifically try to avoid or the mistakes that you see them making?
1: Uh, Valuation is a big one. There was there was a young woman who I spoke to whose valuation was, uh, I forgot what it was. So Astronom-
0: astronomically high, like it, $5.5 it million. It didn't make sense. Or?
1: She was raising $2 million right. on a valuation
0: uh-huh.
1: of $2 million. Hmm. So basically, she's giving away her entire company and her rates. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, that doesn't make sense.
0: Mm. How
1: can you give away 100% of your company?
0: It sounds like she lives? might have miscommunicated what valuation meant
1: exactly. Meant. And I on a <laughs> call, I ran through her like you you <laughs> technically can't give away your whole company because there's a there's an equilibrium point where you come to where founders and the founding team are not incentivized enough mm-hmm. to push the company forward because they don't have enough equity in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a problem like that that can happen. But I think v- evaluation, people don't know how they get to the valuation. So the, honestly, the lower and the more conservative evaluation, the more I think it's approachable to an investor and specifically a strategic investor, because mm-hmm. now they want to be involved because they think that they can take you to the moon and they can get more multiples of the company
0: now is the valuation point set at the industry or is it the company itself and i asked that for people Mm -hmm. who don't necessarily have a product or something launched; it's just an idea there
1: are some rule of thumbs um so you have pre-seed you have seed, you have series a those all have different valuation caps pre-seed is is really tough because that's friends and family. You're bootstrapping everything, mm-hmm. um, and pre seed usually helps you get to some type of MVP. Most just like a product that works. It's mm-hmm. not the best. It's clunky, mm-hmm. but it works. And once you get to there, then you can raise a seed. Usually, when you raise a seed and you have no revenue, it's hard to have a valuation over three million, two to three million, mm-hmm. and that's kind of set by five hundred startups who who does a lot of. Valuations and things of that nature, right? But what I'm seeing once you start having revenue and you're between a five hundred thousand dollar a year to a million a year,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, then your valuation goes up and you're usually between eight point five and ten million dollars going into your seed round, um, raising anywhere between. 250 to 1.5 million.
0: Okay. So valuations one. What's another <laughs> another piece of advice to avoid someone listening
1: to take that L? Hmm. Proverbial L. Your pitch deck. Your pitch deck has to be clean. Let's talk about it. it should not be too long. Uh, it should just basically talk about, in a sentence or two at the beginning, what your company does, mm-hmm. who are you marketing to. What is the traction? You know, what is your burn rate? How much money are you raising? What is the valuation? These are all things that should be inside of your, your pitch deck. And then also some type of financial analysis. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, some type of uh, projections of what's going to happen when you get this $500,000.
0: Right.
1: What percentages of this $500,000 are going to marketing, raise or to... Uh, hiring new individuals on your team, building a product. These are all questions that uh, I think a done investor wants to have answered in the pitch deck so that we can get into the nitty gritty and the roots and the grass uh, once you actually talk on the call.
0: Talk about using equity to build your team, right? So sometimes, mm. very often, I see people have a company, but they can't, they, they, they're pre-revenue. Yes. So they're not making any money. But um, they want to strategically partner with someone or they need that technical co-founder. So they'll say, hey, I'll give you X amount of equity. Yes. Talk about, you know, what your feelings are on that.
1: My feelings are is that's the only hand that you have to play a lot of times. But you should be very strategic about it. Okay. A point or two makes sense. But giving away a ton of your company. Like 50%. Is tough, but I want to add something in here. If you are nowhere with a company mm-hmm. and you're bringing on a co-founder and there's a lot has not been in like improved in traction and stuff like that, you should split the company probably evenly. Okay. Because if I say, hey, I started this company six months ago, nothing has happened. I need a co-founder.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a
1: solo founder. I need a co-founder. But you will never be equal to me. You're already starting the relationship off extremely, extremely on the bad side. So for a co-founder and something you haven't built out yet, Mm -hmm. and this person is literally going to be the other half to actually build out the company. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is good to have the incentives linked the right way. Mm -hmm. And I recently just did this with, uh, passion project that i'm working on with a suit company Mm -hmm. and i had the fabric distribution i had the tailors had everything lined up Mm -hmm. but my business partner who i brought on he was a good friend of mine he was a photographer of mine he we went to italy and traveled and was in the menswear community together but he had he has a law degree he has uh, a lot of different uh, artistic skills in terms of like logo creation and, Mm -hmm. and things of that nature and He's just well-versed in the community. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, it's tough to really bring someone on and not give them their equal share.
0: Yeah.
1: And one last example was when Harlem Capital Partners was originally five people. Mm. John Henry came on as the sixth person. Mm. And when he was coming on, he wanted to make sure that it was going to be a very collegial and equal atmosphere, even though we have done Harlem Capital Partners for over a year. We knew the value that he would bring, and we knew the value that we would create with him together. And it just made sense to to bring it all together. (coughs) I mean, he had to buy in and all that other jazz, but realistically, you need to make sure that your team is um, the incentives are in line so that you do not miss any balls or anything.
0: What happens when the team, the relationship doesn't work? How do you make that separation, but still, you know, don't burn those bridges, keep the connections?
1: You know, that clear? is a, a very tough one. And mm-hmm. so that honestly gets right back to what I was talking about. When you are splitting up those shares mm-hmm. and that equity, there needs to be a termination, um, I guess, passage in there you know, under item 2A. There Which means be- you
0: should actually be writing these terms out. It shouldn't just be a, a, a
1: dialogue saying, no, hey, uh, Of got, course, you know, there should be 50%. your legal counsel yeah. should have so get things in writing documents ready, drafted, just one little, one pair of them, mm-hmm. but it should be drafted and ready to go. And you should have the right um, opportunities uh, or the right, how do you want to say it, the right trajectory. Of like how it's going to work. How much do they get? And when does everything settle? Because that can be dragged out for years.
0: Awesome. Okay. So as a takeaway, because you're an experienced entrepreneur, if you can talk to yourself years before yes (laughs) and you know advise uh future entrepreneurs or current entrepreneurs Mm. who are in the struggle uh, what are some best practices lessons learned that you would share Mm -hmm. particularly to people who are you know raising money raising money um and you know particularly as it relates to building teams
1: but you know
0: anything you have that you think would be valuable
1: to your younger self. All right. Uh, number one, just have a clear, concise understanding of like what you want to do. Be able to say it in fifteen to twenty seconds. Maybe have a longer ninety-second pitch. Always have some type of marketing collateral that can follow that.
0: Okay. In
1: a in an email pitch deck, doesn't have to be ten pages. Can be just a few pages. Mm-hmm. Network, network, network. Mm-hmm. Research, research, research. Mm-hmm. Um, Put those together. Those two should not be on paths that aren't connecting. They Mm -hmm. should be together. Um, Other things that I would say is definitely lean on your mentors. Um, Mm -hmm. Let them know quarterly what you're up to. So create a a nice little email thread. Everyone's BCC'd and you just quarterly let them know what you're up to. And a lot of times what happens is that they can throw you alley-oops. They can open doors. They can help you not take L's. And you didn't even necessarily ask. You were just informing them of what you're up to. And so always being top of mind is huge. And also venture capital is a contact sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told by uh, a big time money raiser in the VC community. And so the last thing is just be a student of the game. Be a student of the game. No valuations. Know who is in your ecosystem that's raising money, know what their valuation was, and just keep your ear to the ground.
0: Awesome. So how do we find out more about you and what you're doing with Harlem Capital Partners? Where do we follow you?
1: So there's a few things. You can follow the Instagram, Wall Street Paper. That's really (laughs) easy. Nice fly for the gentlemen. And then ladies, if you want to check it out for your man, go ahead.
0: What's a little eye candy?
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. she said And, and then for Harlem Capital Partners is harlemcapitalpartners.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing articles. We also have a diversity portal where okay. it's basically as simple as a Google form. It takes about 90 seconds or so. And mm-hmm. we had about, we're almost at 300 in less than a month. who have signed up and put what money they're raising, where they're from, um, all these just tidbits. And we're going to start doing reports on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? And we're always in Harlem. We're out of WeWork in Harlem. If you're ever up on 126 and Fifth Avenue. Beautiful space. We have a uptown tech meetup. We mm-hmm. just had Gerard Adams speak at it last time. Newark in the house.
0: Shout out to them. Uh,
1: hopefully Ann Fraser will come through. We'll see if he can make it all the way up there. Mm-hmm. I know it's a trek. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's not that far of a track now hey, particularly for people who live in Brooklyn like I can get to oh Brooklyn. yeah but I can get know. to the city so country.
1: you know Gerard took a little time getting up there it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a tough one okay. for him to get up there but he made it yeah, and, yeah. and it was a good showing I'm and I'm man. trying to think what else um, we'll, we'll just be hosting a lot more events so awesome. just check us out on, on HarlemCapitalPartners.com. perfect thank you so much Brandon and thank you that's a wrap
0: Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes so you can stay up to date on new episodes featuring more insiders. Have any questions? Leave us a comment on this episode at vccheatsheet.com or you can tweet us at thecued, that's T-H-E-C-U-E-E-D. Until next time, be great and it's a wrap.